Book 2, The Ramadan of the Elders Most of this book is reproduced from Hadrat Sheikh's book Akabir Ka Ramadan and is narrated in Hadrat Sheikh al-Hadith's own words. Book 2, page 144 The Devotions of Al-Hajj Sheikh Hussain Ahmed Madani Rahmatullahi Alayh Sheikh Abdul Hamid Adami wrote a book on the Ramadan of 1946 of Hadrat Madani in Silhat, Bangladesh, which I have condensed below. Though this subject has been prolonged, the fact is that we do not find as much detail of the Ramadan of any of our elders as we do of Hadrat Madani. It is for this reason that I wish to narrate at least some of Hadrat Madani's Ramadan. He writes, Hadrat stayed at Commissioner Abdul Sattar's residence and prayed all five salah in a beautiful grand masjid about a quarter of a mile from the house. All the visitors and devotees came to this masjid from all over to spend the month of Ramadan with Hadrat. Since Hadrat spent the whole month in Etikaf, he made the intention to stay for more than 15 days at this place and was the Imam for all the salah. After Dhuhr, he blew on the dozens of bottles placed around the Imam's place and then removed the notes that collected under the prayer rug before Dhuhr time. He pulled each note out one at a time and called the person who had written it forward, helped him with his need and then pulled out the next one. He wrote Ruqya, amulets written with ayahs of Qur'an for some, and for those who requested for him bay'ah, he told them to wait in one corner of the masjid. Once he finished with the notes, he came to the people waiting for him and took them in bay'ah. After a short talk and some advice, he returned to the residence. Sometimes he fell asleep immediately after. At other times, he recited the Qur'an and responded to any remaining letters. During this time, he also met with people privately. Usually, by then it was time for Asr. Hadrat attended to his personal needs and left for Salat al-Asr. And after the Salah, he recited one and a quarter juz with Sheikh Hafiz Muhammad Jalil, a teacher at Darul Ulum Dioband. They recited to each other quarter by quarter until one and a quarter parts was completed. If they finished by Maghrib, Hadrat sat in meditation and others started their dhikr and ashkal. Iftar consisted mostly of dates, zamzam, pears, pineapples, bananas, guava, mangoes, basari dates, coconut water, papaya, sweetened regular rice and fried eggs. It was hard to find the common Indian-style toasted rice and beans and other things on the mats. I thought to myself that maybe these foods, Indian-style roasted rice and beans, are not common in these areas, but later learned that they were never put in front of Hadrat because they considered it menial food. Despite all this, Hadrat's own iftar was simple and small. The spirit and mood of iftar was lively and crisp and people were running here and there and there was much hustle and bustle. As the Prophet ﷺ has said, there are two joys for the one who fasts. But Hadrat was in a state of absorption, istighraq, and silent. The place of iftar was close to the masjid. After Hadrat had finished reciting with Sheikh Jalil, his absorption was such that he sometimes needed to be informed that the adhan had been called. I saw this on many occasions in Darul Loom Dioband. Many times people sitting around Hadrat would be talking and arguing loudly about political affairs, and suddenly he would say, Huh? Huh? I what? What? Then I knew that Hazrat wasn't even with us. Despite all the different things for iftar, as mentioned above, Hazrat took dates and zamzam, a piece of fruit, drank some coconut water, and occasionally a cup or a half a cup of tea. But he never stood up from the mat until it was wrapped up. Sometimes he cracked jokes at this time, or made some witty remark. Iftar took eight to ten minutes, and then Hazrat led Maghrib with short surahs, 
followed by two long voluntary salah in which Hadrat prayed for half an hour. Then the gathering or whoever was free from their devotion came and attended the dua of Hadrat made after the voluntary salah. After that, if he was invited somewhere, Hadrat went straight from the masjid to that place. Otherwise, he returned home. Two types of mats were laid out at the time of iftar, one for Hadrat and those who ate chapatis, and the second for the guests who ate rice. Amongst Hadrat's helpers were his sons, Sheikh Asad, Arshad and Rehan. All three of his sons ate rice and sat on the second mat. Hadrat occasionally said, I too have Bengalis also. Put some rice for them. There were a variety of different rice on the mat since most attendees were Bengalis who love rice. Paratha is a common dish here, but quite surprisingly they have no idea what chapatis are or how to make them. Another necessary item besides meat was the dessert, usually something like halwa or shahi tukre. Toasted bread prepared in saffron and syrup, papayas or sometimes gurd sawanya, vermicelli, prepared so well that no one could tell it was made from gurd. Carved Nepalian red peppers were also a necessary item on the mat. Though Bengal is known for fish, I wondered why there was no fish on the mats. Another vegetable dish like bamboo was also placed on the mat. Later we learned that this vegetable curry was made from the pulp of a genus of bamboo found only in Bengal. As common amongst the Arabs, it was Hadra's habit in Dioband and here that people sat in a circle around a large dish filled with curry. A cloth full of warm chapatis was placed next to Hadrat, who handed them out as needed to the guests. If anyone left his plate full or unclean, Hadrat would clean it himself. If he saw any pieces of chapati on the mat, he picked it up and ate it. After that, people picked up on this habit and started doing the same. Hadrat sat on his knees. He held one chapati in his left hand and took small bite-sized pieces from it as needed. It was the first to, he was the first to start eating and the last to finish. After dinner, everyone drank tea. These are the details of an invitation. If there was no invitation, Hadrat left after Salah for the residence. The food was prepared and laid out on the two mats, one for Hadrat and the chapati eaters and the second for the rice eaters. He usually finished quickly when he ate at his residence and then sat for a few minutes after. His devotees sometimes sat and discussed current affairs and judicial issues during this time. Hadrat also participated in the discussions and then rested for a short while. As everyone knows, Hadrat's unique recitation and his concentration khushu in Salah was known in the Indian subcontinent, but also in Arabia and Hijaz. In Silhat, Hadrat led Tarawih himself. Hundreds of people came from all over to listen to Hadrat in Tarawih and Tahajjud and left the next morning for their homes. Whatever has been written about Hadrat's recitation and Salah is absolutely true. I have stood hundreds of times behind Hadrat in obligatory Salah, but never had the opportunity before to spend time with him in Ramadan, though I, ha I did listen to Hadrat Taraweeh two times, the first time in Ramadan of August 1944, when Hadrat was freed from Allahabad jail and arrived in the morning at Saharanpur on the 14th of Ramadan 1944 and took the train to Dioband immediately after. He stayed one night in Dioband and left for Delhi the next day in the afternoon. Since my uncle had died that year on the morning of the 21st of Rajab 1944, Hadrat arrived at the station after Maghrib and went straight to Nizamuddin to offer his condolences. At Tarawih time, Hadrat said, Whoever is the Imam for Tarawih should lead. I said, Who has the courage to lead in Tarawih when you are here? Only you will lead today. 
Hadrat recited from half of the 14th part to the end of Surah Bani Israel. He recited the part in 20 rakahs so calmly it was truly an enjoyable experience. The second time was in 1954 in which Hadrat led the first tarawih in the railway station of Saharanpur. On the morning of the 29th of Sha'aban 1945, Bukhari Sharif was completed at 4 a.m. That night, Hadrat came with his family on the, an omnibus from Dioband to Saharanpur, arriving at the station at midnight. There he led a large gathering of people in tarawih. As students, teachers and city people finished their tarawih in their places, they gathered at the station and joined behind Hadrat <coughs> to pray voluntary salah behind him. Hadrat told Zakaria, Stand by me, you are going to be my listener. I said, you think it's easy to correct you? There are many good Hufad in the crowd. I will call one of them for you. Hadrat refused and I gained the honour of being Hadrat's listener. Since people came from all over, near and far, the masjid was full by the time the Adhan was called and no space was left for latecomers. A small opening was made in the middle for Hadrat to pass through. When Hadrat entered, the caretaker of the masjid awaited Hadrat in front with a glass of water. This was because Hadrat drank tea at home and then ate pan. Once he washed his mouth, he set off in the car straight for the masjid. One or two people were always present to say takbir loudly because of the scores of people and the growing numbers in the last 10 days. Two and a half Jews were recited in Taraweeh. Sheikh Jali recited one and a quarter part on, in the first four rakahs, while Hadrat repeated the same one and a quarter part in the next 16 rakahs. The intervals were very long. Sometimes while reciting, Hadrat became passionate and an electric feeling passed through the crowd, a feeling known only to them. Taraweeh was followed by a long dua in which the people sobbed, cried and trembled. Sometimes the whole masjid resonated with their cries. After Taraweeh, Hadrat sat there with the devotees and his helpers to drink tea. And after approximately 10 minutes, he stood up and gave a talk. People who had prayed Taraweeh elsewhere also assembled in the masjid to listen to Hadrat. The masjid was so full, there was not an inch of space. In fact, people were standing outside on the street to hear the talk. Since Hadrat's voice could not be heard outside, a loudspeaker was installed. Thousands of people sat and were served tea quietly as the talk went on, and not one person was left out who did not receive tea. People finished their tea by the time Hadrat finished talking. The talk was purely inspirational, the objective being to bring people closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rarely was a political point raised, except to liven up the talk. During the talk, Hadrat received notes that were read out to him. He would respond accordingly and sometimes in detail if need be. When Hadrat became sick in the middle of Ramadan, others took his place in delivering the talk. But though he was sick, Hadrat attended these talks and did not leave until they ended. One hour after the talk, people shook hands with Hadrat. And although every measure was taken to assure that Hadrat arrived quickly to the car, it took him some time to reach the car. After arriving at the residence, snacks were served and everyone who was present joined in this gathering. By the time the gathering ended, it was usually 1.30am. After that, Hadrat left for his room and if the need arose, talked privately, privately to his confidants. Then Hadrat rested for half an hour and woke up for tahajjud. I saw many times and experienced how my Hadrat Saharanpuri and Hadrat Madani, may Allah have mercy upon them both, had complete control over their sleep. When they wished to sleep, they closed their eyes and were asleep. And if they set a time to wake up, there was no need for an alarm or for any person to wake them up. They would wake up at the appointed time on their own. I have mentioned this in Abiti. 
After he attended to his personal needs, he departed for the masjid for tahajjud. The people who came from afar usually reached the masjid before Hadrat or at least caught Hadrat in the first rakahs. Sheikh Jalil and Hadrat both led in tahajjud. Hadrat was careful about not making any noise or waking up anyone when he left for the masjid to pray tahajjud. However, usually people were already awake since they looked forward to praying tahajjud behind Hadrat. Since little time was left after voluntary salah for sahr, the mat was quickly laid out in the house and everyone ate swiftly with their eyes fixed on the clock and ears listening for the adhan. Hadrat rested for a short time after sahr and then prepared for fajr. He departed for the masjid and led fajr shortly before sunrise. In the last 10 days, fajr salah began at, at its beginning time and finished shortly before sunrise i.e. Fajr was very long. All the departees who prayed the Hajjud with Hadrat came to meet him before he left for the house. When he arrived at the house, he laid down immediately and one or two of his helpers massaged his body while another massaged his head with oil. If Hadrat fell asleep while talking, the others would also leave to sleep. After a little rest, Hadrat woke up, attended to his needs, performed ablution and sat down to recite Quran. Then people who had appointments with Hadrat started coming in at about 10 a.m. If Hadrat had any free time in between, he continued reciting or otherwise attended to the mail. Sometimes this continued to the dhuhr, and if any time was left over, Hadrat rested for half an hour before dhuhr. This year Hadrat became extremely sick and ran a high fever from the middle of Ramadan. Seeing his condition, some of his helpers felt it was better that he not perform etikaf this year. They asked Hadrat, you will have difficulty in etikaf. Hadrat replied, no, I have made the intention for etikaf. Thus, Hadrat's place was set up in one corner of the masjid. Sometimes he felt cold in salah due to the fever and wrapped a thick shawl around himself and the ceiling fans were turned off. In this condition, he drank a bit of tea during the interval and then stood up for salah again. He did the same in tahajjud, standing for long periods reciting Quran. Hadrat was extremely sick and stayed in the house because of which the congregation that gathered for tahajjud was cancelled for four days. This increased the burden on Hadrat since he now had to recite more Qur'an in Tahajjud in order to finish it within the last 10 days. In addition, it was difficult for Hadrat to stay in the masjid due to the noise and large number of people in Etikaf. The half an hour he rested, he gained in the house, was not possible in the masjid. Therefore, along with all the devotions and worship, Hadrat had little time for rest while in Etikaf. In the last 10 days, the crowd was massive. Even the street leading to the masjid was full. As the numbers grew, the number of notes placed under the rug and the people who wished to take bay'ah also increased. The murids and seekers of the path who wished to explain their spiritual situations and get instructions from Hadrat was the largest group waiting on Hadrat. To accommodate them, they were given numbers. As the number was called out, the respective person went in. The departees who wished to meet Hadrat after Fajr were also very large. Once Hadrat had shaken hands with all of them, he went into his quarter. After he rested for a short time, while others slept after a whole night of worship and devotion, Hadrat quietly tiptoed his way to the bathroom and started his devotions after ablution. The number of people on the night of the 27th of Ramadan, often thought to be the night of Qadr, was greater than on any other night of Ramadan. The number of notes coming in before Dhuhr has also increased and the bottles brought in to be blown upon surrounded Hadrat's praying area. As Hadrat raised his hands before dua after tahajjud, the whole masjid began weeping and crying. Hadrat's own spiritual state, his liveliness and passion was such 
that it simply cannot be put in words. On that night, people were discussing the night of Qadr in Hadrat's gathering. I, Sheikh Abdul Hamid, asked, The friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can feel when it is the night of Qadr. Allah ta'ala knows best which day it was on this year. Hadrat replied, In my view, it was on the 23rd. After the moon sighting on the 30th, Hadrat left for his residence after Maghrib. On the night of Eid, Hadrat led everyone in the longest hajjud of the holy month. Hadrat led the Eid Salah at 9 a.m. the next morning. 